The views and opinions shared by They Might Be Toxic hosts, guests, or sponsors are those of each contributor and do not necessarily express the official view of the brand. We are not doctors, and this podcast should not be mistaken for therapy. Nothing expressed in this content is intended to malign or harm any party or person. We are simply here to discuss and dissect our toxic relationships and to learn about yours. Welcome to episode three of They Might Be Toxic. In this episode, Laura and I continue our discussion of early narcissism in our relationships and also how we begin to transition into healthier relationships. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Um, one of the the things that that I've made sure, like after my past relationship with Menard ended, I wanted to have a voice with my new relationship. And I wanted to be very upfront with how things made me feel and how experienced things. And I told him, I told my boyfriend, I said, things I process that you do that you might not have in any way, any kind of ill intention when you do them, I might process them in a different way. And it might take me a little bit to realize that you're not my ex and that your intentions are not the same. And it took me so long to be able to just voice that, to like be able to put things in, in in a format that I can explain him how things that he would do or that he would not do would make me feel. Cause like, I suffer from anxiety attacks and in order to cope with them, I do a lot of tapping, you know, have you ever yes, read I about tapping? EFT, yes. I've EFT so tapped like many I, years. <laughs> I tap here or I tap. I do, my fingers, yes, I do that. Or like a, if I have a rubber band, I snap it. Like right. I do all these things that apparently whenever I'm triggered by something, I start doing them and I really don't realize them, but I'm so used to just, dealing with it that way right. yes that he will catch on with that he'll be like are you what okay did I do? like yeah and I'd be like just give me some time to process what just happened and I will tell you about it once I, I put all this stuff in in sentence form because <laughs> right now my body's right. going like trigger 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 well and it takes a very secure man to be patient enough to yeah. deal with how we are yeah. Oh my gosh. From the beginning, I told him, I said, dude, I'm a bag of crazy because of the stuff that happened in my past. Yeah. So whoever ends up with me needs to be very patient, very, very patient, but I'm going to be very upfront with everything. And I'm going to be very, very honest with everything right. that happens because I'm never putting myself last anymore. Never. After my last relationship I literally live my life for this person I mean that's why I've been divorced for 22 years it's really hard to decide I'm ready to share my power with anybody yeah yeah it doesn't feel safe yet it hasn't felt safe it felt safe that one time right after it probably because I've been starved for love and attention for five years but since you know ever since then it hasn't felt safe yeah and I wasn't even looking for anybody after my I wasn't either. Was, no, was, I wasn't either. And thank God this just kind of developed the way it did. And and I was so scared. I was so scared to trust again. Right. You know, because you think you know somebody and then you go through the breakup 
and you see a version of them that is their true version. Right. Or even you have your first fight, right? Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. And you know what? One of the the contrasts that I see so much is like with my past experience, my my past uh, relationship with my narc, there was never an argument that we could walk out of that argument or walk away from the argument and say, you know what? We grew from this. Never, not once. And that's when you know that you're in a toxic relationship is when nothing gets accomplished. You're just on repeat with the same fight over and over. The same one. And, yeah, and me and my ex-husband up, fought about the same thing for five years. And when you like, let's say you, you bring up an issue that is very important to you. And, and you know, for example, my ex-partner was addicted to porn. And he would watch, even if we had sex, he would just be watching it all the time. And I knew he did because, you know, once again, I'm an IT person. So I had all this, you know, blocks and everything. He would go as far as like using his phone as a hotspot in order to bypass my router's uh, blocks just to get porn. And I would tell him over and over during our whole relationship, I said, it really makes me feel bad. It makes me feel like you're, lusting up you know after somebody else that is not me you know and he will minimize and be like oh you everybody does it you're too insecure like he would put it on me right instead of being like oh my gosh my partner is in pain I need to do something about it you know that is what true love is is just make sacrifices you know the person's feelings matter yeah oh my gosh when I had our first disagreement, it wasn't even an argument. I brought something up to my boyfriend and it took me like a whole day for me to like get, get the nerve or build up the nerve to say something. Cause I'm so used to. He's going to jump at me. Yeah. Oh it's my over. God. Yeah. Yes. I was and, and at this point we've been dating for six months. So we should have some sort of level of, I'm, I'm secure with you. I feel safe with you. But no, because it was our first yeah. argument or no argument. It was just something I wanted to bring up to his attention. I feel terrible. I was like, like, I was like having anxiety attacks. I had to take meds for it. I'm like, okay, I need to be true to myself and I need to speak when something is violent. So I brought it up and I already put on my imaginary boxing gloves. I was ready. I was like, we're doing this. So I literally went just one blah, blah, blah told him everything and he sat there and he's very slow to anger and he's very like patient so he just went you know what babe I am so sorry I never even thought about looking at it that way and you're right you're right I'm wrong and I'm so sorry and I was like what what (laughs) what am I supposed to do with my boxing gloves right now because I was ready to fight right you just accountability of this and I don't know what to do right now yeah so the contrast between being in a toxic relationship and something that is healthy it it blows my mind I still don't know like how I feel about it you know it's so new it's a big adjustment I I I can't I and I still bring it up to him I said babe I that right there showed me that we grow with each one of our disagreements, we grow, right? You know, because 
I mean, sometimes we disagree and we are okay with disagreeing. And we should be allowed to disagree. It's like, you know, when I think about like my best friend, like, you know, if we wanted to eat two different things for dinner, it wouldn't be a big deal at all. Mm -hmm. Right? Like someone would compromise and nobody would be thinking about it next week or next year. Nothing. But when you're in a toxic relationship, it's just either their way or their high, the highway. Yes. Or you're getting your ass chewed and yelled at for however long and dealing with all their shit. Or you're probably dealing with that anyways, even if you did make, you know, do the whatever thing they needed you to do by the bread. And we normalize it. We normalize it just to cope with our lives. You know, it's like, well, you know, I don't know how many times my sister would be like, why is he acting like that? And I'd be like, well, he's tired. Like I would give all all these excuses for their bad behavior just so I could cope with it. Because the second that we realize that it's toxic and that we are worth more than that and there's somebody out there that is going to love us better, then that moment that we need to make a move. But we don't want to be anywhere near that, that acceptance of something is wrong. We just go, no, 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 it's okay. Well, because the acceptance is really, that's the cognitive, that's the cognitive dissonance part of where Mm -hmm. the head fuck comes in that you're just like, wait, so you're telling me that I have been okay with this Yes. for how long? Yeah. You know, because sometimes you have to realize that the only place, like the only, like there have been times where I was completely thriving in a toxic work environment. And I had to realize that the only reason I was thriving there is because I'm very comfortable in toxic relationships. You know, you see all these people come and go and come and go and you're there years and years, just deal, you know, you know, like trooping through it. You really do realize that toxic is your normal. Yes. And you love drama. You love drama. You love being in the middle of it and you thrive with a, at least a little mid-level of some kind of fuckery all the time. You're at least a little bit okay with it still. And we're attracted to it. Very. I told you, like for me, it's still hook, line and sink. I, I am so blinded by the narcissist charm that it's actually kind of pathetic. Like, and I wish I could tell myself that at the beginning when I'm doing it, right? It like, I want to be able to recognize it before it's too late. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, one book that really, really helped me while I was going through uh, the breakup with my ex-narc was um, the human magnet syndrome. And this book talks about why codependents and narcissists are such a great team, (laughs) Even though it's a toxic as hell team, it works because they, they literally feel each other's needs. As a codependent, I love doing things for people. Right. Love it. That's where I get my rocks off. And narcissists love having people do shit for them. Right. So it's such a toxic thing, but it works, you know? Then that book also teaches you how to avoid that, you know, when this person, when my current boyfriend kind of walked into my life, I was like, this is definitely not somebody like personality wise that I would be attracted to because he is very laid back, very calm, very soft spoken. 
I've always been attracted to like the center of attention, the the very like most handsome guy in the room. Yeah. I, that's always been my crack, you know. And I mean, my my boyfriend is handsome as hell. That's not even the problem. It's just his his personality is somebody that I would have never ever dated in the past. Right. But I figure, you know, I'm gonna try something that I've never tried before. Cause you know, madness is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. I've always been, and I've had a couple of healthy relationships in my past, but but they were short lived because I was always kind of like you, like, oh yeah, this is, this is what I need, toxic shit. I love it, you know? But witnessing the development of my relationship with my boyfriend right now, it, it, it took me a lot of like learning how to be patient, learning how to let things happen organically right. and not just like dating him one, one week and be like, I love you. You're my soulmate, you know, right. <laughs> which is what you get from a narcissist, you know, they shower yes, you with hot and heavy. Oh yeah. yeah. And like a month in, you know, you guys are talking marriage and, and what are you going to name your kids and shit? You know, I thankfully never did that, but I think that's just because of my, you know, because of my marriage, it's yeah. so bad. Like anybody who knows me knows that like, she's definitely not dating me for a relationship. <laughs> just put it that way. <laughs> but, you know, it, I love the fact that being with my boyfriend right now has taught me the patience and it taught me that it's okay to take time and right. not everything needs to be like, yeah, I, I know that you're my soulmate, you know, like I knew right. that I had feelings for him pretty, pretty fast because I'm very intuitive and I, I know when something kind of works. works, but I never said anything until we both kind of were feeling the same way, you know, and it felt even though my past was like everything had to be fast, just I think it's more for like the validation of it, you know, to feel mm -hmm. validated that that you're worth it and that you're pretty and that you're all this stuff. Everything kind of went slow. And I, I swear, I feel like I appreciate our relationship that much more because of it, because we both right. felt like we needed to be sure of what we were doing and our intentions with each other before we even say, I love you or anything, right. you know? So there's hope, there's hope out there for, for people after, you know, after uh, a narcissistic abusive relationship which it's not very clear as you're going through the breakup, you think that that's the end of life and then nothing good is going to happen to you and then nobody's going to want you so damaged and stuff. But it's amazing, you know, when the time is right, somebody will come into your life and, and give you the love that you want. I mean, but you have to love yourself. You can't be looking outwards for somebody to give you that validation. You need to know that you're enough. Right. It's always when we're looking for a rescue, I feel yes. like. Yes. And whatever kind of rescue too, even if it's just like, oh, I really need someone, you know, I need to, ha I need someone for good conversation or I need someone to, you know, brighten up my life or, you know, add some excitement. Right. It's like, yeah, no, like you need to be doing it for the right reason because you want to put the energy into a partnership. Like I'm yeah. very aware that I don't want to put energy into a partnership right now. It doesn't mean that I don't ever want it. It just uh -huh. means that for the past couple of years, that's not what I've wanted. I'm not ready. I don't feel safe. I don't feel like I've even, it's weird because 
it's almost like after the good relationship, there were a bunch of other toxic relationships that really reminded me like it didn't just happen once. It wasn't just one place. It wasn't just romantic stuff. It was, you know, sibling, family, work, you know, fill in all the blanks. And what's weird about that, of, of the repeating pattern, I think I get to a point where I don't trust myself always. You know, I'm like, I, I kind of look at, you know, like the number of healthy relationships I have in my life versus the number of unhealthy relationships. And I'm aware that I can form really good, healthy relationships. It's just like, how do you apply that to the dating part of your life? Like actively, right? Because everybody knows that like, you're not going to meet anybody if you're not, you know, like you can't just sit at home and expect some dude to come knock at the door. Yeah. Right? Like there's a, still like baby. a process that has to happen. Like in today's world, if you want to meet people it's yeah. And it's, I mean, my best friend always um, teases me and she says, I'm a surfer and I just, you know, get back out there and ride the wave, no matter how hard it crashes. She's like, you love it. She's like, you, and it's true. Like I, I'm hopeful enough, but I'm also addicted to the toxicity enough, right? Like my brain is still addicted to the high of meeting that amazing person that feels, you know, like they're the one for the first couple of months. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, that must be what gamblers feel like when they're yeah, that high yeah yeah a little time that you win like just a little bit but do you know personally I I've never been like a person that dates a lot and I always like I feel like I'm very awkward <laughs> on that first day right so while I was going through my breakup it it was stressing me out to think that I was gonna have to date again I right. was like uh, and especially now with like the world the way it is and like oh god yeah it's so weird now it's yes, not even... like you can't just meet somebody you have to like get on an app and like like it all it just it's seems just so very, industrial yeah you know it doesn't feel organic and I hate it and I was stressing out over it that I was like maybe maybe I'm just gonna be a cat lady you know before my boyfriend kind of walked right. into my life I was like you know what fuck this I'm cool I don't want to do the dating so I had all these like preconceived feelings about what was going to happen in my future and how I was going to fail and all that stuff. But I think you have to like, at least for my situation was, you have to be willing to love yourself and lose people in the process. Definitely. You know, because when I started with my boyfriend, I, I was very like standoffish in my head. Like, like if he does this, this, and this, I'd be like, fuck you, I'm out. Yeah. You know, you have all this you plans. You get very of, protective. Yes. You have this plans of like, this are my boundaries and blah, 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 blah. Right. But so then, <laughs> yes. But then <laughs> when you get to know him and you're like, well, you know. Actually nice. Yeah. You're like, well, you know, nobody's perfect. <laughs> So you start, and then I would have to like go back and be like, no, I need to love myself and put myself first because I don't want to find happiness in somebody. I want right. to be happy with my situation and I want that person to add to my happiness. Of course. And I have, we have boundaries that I've never had with anybody else that I was dating and I'm okay with it. And it feels good to have those boundaries, you know, right. like he is such a good dad to his kids. Like he 
he literally blocks everything out in order to pay attention to his kids, which to right. me, that's boring. You know, and some women would be very like, how dare you not yes. text me for whatever. I love that he values his time with his kids that much that he he's told me from in the past is like, you know, I'm with my kids. So I'm going to focus. I'm going to put my phone down. And the old me, the insecure me would have been like, well, maybe he doesn't love me as much. Maybe. But now it's like, I don't need his validation with the constant texting to feel secure in our relationship. I admire him for, for having that boundary with anybody, not only with me. And I love that. And it makes me value him more because I know that he does that for his kids. He does that for me. You know, we're together. He's very respectful. He puts his phone down and it's me time, you know, but it takes a lot of, of patience to get to that point that you understand that you don't need to have all this like incoming validation for you to love yourself and to know that you're worth it, you right. know? And I, I love that the, the little by little we grow. And before when you're like codependent, you're like, no, boundaries are bad. No, boundaries are good in a relationship that they're great. And, and I, they represent, they represent respect. Right. Like learning just how to tell someone, I don't want to do that. Or, you know, I mean, you can, you can love someone enormously and still say no. Exactly. And And you can say no respectfully. You can say no kindly, you know, as a people pleaser, how hard is it to fucking say no, Maria? It used to kill me. It used to like make me feel like I was letting people down. Right. It, 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 it broke my heart. Like I would literally sacrifice my own well-being to do shit for my friends or for my ex. I would do that just to feel like if I don't do this, they're not going to love me as much. Right. But now I can say no. And it's liberating. And you don't even you know? need an explanation. You don't no. have to say no because you, just you can just say no. no thanks. Yeah. And that's it. And I, what, okay, one of the things that I came out of my ex uh, relation, my last relationship was I would over explain myself. Did you do that? Like, I, if, if he would accuse me of something, it will enrage me and I will have to explain how he was wrong and how he was lying. Oh, yes, of course. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, I feel like with my boyfriend now, like at the beginning, if he would ask me uh, to do something and, and I said, no, like, I felt like I had to like give this ginormous explanation as to why. And he'd be like, no, no, no. Cool. You know, we're cool. And to me that that's boring. And then, and especially the calm reaction to you're just like, yes. am I about to get my ass beat? Are you, yes. you're going to break up with me tonight when you go home. Yeah. But now like, I'm, I'm okay. Like, if somebody leaves you, will fuck you up. Oh my god, girl. <laughs> yeah, like the stories even, we tell ourselves and we believe, like everybody's out to get us, and everybody's thinking about everything that we, you know, that we did wrong. Like they, they don't give yeah. two shits, and they haven't thought about it for weeks, and we're over yeah. here, like we're we we become overthinkers. 
Yeah. And it's like you are sweet become self-abusive. Yeah, because nobody else is doing it and we're used to getting abused. It's like, I'll do it then. Shit. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. It's like we're just stepping in for what's not happening from the outside. Yeah, because we are used to, we have been taught that that's normal. So we are literally pushing that play button on that record. Yeah. You know, of abusive just thoughts. Oh my gosh. At the beginning of my relationship with my boyfriend, I would literally take notes of everything that was happening just because I didn't want to go through the same gaslighting that I went through in the past. You know, because not that he like that, but I was like already foreseeing that something was going to happen. So I'm just not taking notes just right. to make sure. It always sure. feels too good to be true. Yeah. You know, so as the relationship evolved and, and things were not like exploding and everything was fine and he was still the same person and very constant throughout the whole time, I was like, okay, I feel safe. And I would tell him that. It's like, I don't feel safe right now. I, I, I was true enough to myself that it was okay for me to say it to him and be like, I, I don't feel safe with this right now. So we need to kind of slow it down, you know? Right. But it came to a point where I feel safe. And it was such a like, holy shit. I don't, I don't have to be in alert mode anymore. Right. And, you know, you, you, you talk about, or people talk about, how you shouldn't seek a relationship to heal yourself. And that is completely accurate. But I think a byproduct of being in a healthy relationship is healing. Of course. Because you learn that not everybody's a narcissist, even though you've been, you know, seeing ghosts everywhere, that the first person that treats you nice, you're like, holy shit, what do you want? You know, I'm ready here to like fight. And it helps you heal because it shows you that you don't have to do all this, you know, to-do list in order to be loved. Right. So you're okay. You start to understand that you are lovable. You're enough. You don't have to do all this shit in order to be loved. You are just loved. And no matter what you do, that person is going to be there. Not because you just serve it. Right. The explosion point with my sister about the, you know, her making the comment about is your house clean? So we ha- we had moved apart from each other. You know, we both used to be in Tennessee. She's in Germany. I moved to Vegas. I'm in um, Arizona now, but at the time I was in Vegas. And she said, and we hadn't spoken since we moved apart. And she said, hey, do you want to, I had asked her, would you want to hop on Zoom sometime? And then my mom had told me the thing. And then, you know, she texted me a couple of weeks later. Hey, do you want to hop on Zoom? Mm. I'm sure you can imagine the explosion that occurred over text message. I literally said, why do you want to check to see how clean my house is to see if I'm worthy of a relationship with you? I said, literally, I'm sorry that I don't, you know, create my own self-worth based on how clean my house is on a specific day. Mm -hmm. I like myself when my house is clean. I like myself when I didn't do the laundry. I like myself when there are dishes in the sink. I'm sorry that you don't. I think once we quit thinking that we need to meet other people's expectations of ourselves, that's when we start growing. And what is this perfectionism thing that we, you know, it's like, yeah, 
That's self-sabotage. That's self-sabotage. I still remember this one weekend I house sat for her and like literally there was no dirty clothes in the laundry hamper. Like, I mean, I get it, I guess, but I just don't like, if that's what makes you happy, cool. But like, it just, yeah, I like myself either way. I don't, you know, there's no part of me that has an issue of that's ever even thinking about that. Did you ever, or have you ever been in a relationship that the other person had all these expectations about issues that you never even thought about had having any kind of standard expectations? But in order to please them, you adapt to what they want you to be and you start changing yourself. I think that's one of the things that happened with codependence is that we don't know who we are because Without of the sense of opinion. Yes. <laughs> because it, it just depends on who we're with at that point. Right. Because that defines us, you know, because we want to please this person. So I'm going to be whoever you want me to be as long as you love me and call me pretty. I definitely was not myself when I was in my marriage. Yeah. And that was, you know, five years. I was young. It was not, I was 19 to 24. Right. So I was very, very young, but honestly, just the self-development and growth that I had to go through of going in being fused, gaining the weight, losing the weight, getting that confidence, getting out. I never, yes, I've had narcissistic relationships, but I've never had any that were serious, right? Like we never moved in. I would not, there's only been one person that I said, I love you too. Like that's reserved. Like that takes months and months. Like you're not getting in there. Like it, I mean, it's interesting that I've had a series of casual toxic relationships just no serious ones, but that doesn't really make it any better. I'm still playing the game and repeating the pattern and not, not confident enough to recognize it during the, you know, he's six foot tall on a white, you know, on a, on a white horse knight in shining armor. What do you think is what makes you fall for those guys or like be a, addicted I to still that, feel that addicted part. to the chemistry I still feel addicted to the chemistry and I think I have this very false belief that if it's not Disney hot and heavy you know the greatest love from the first moment which is the unhealthy version oh. right yeah I I don't I feel like I have lost patience for the slow burn it's almost like you're so fucked up from your other shit that you're like you said, I've got 16,000 things that you could do wrong and you're probably going to do one of them in the first 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's not healthy. In, in my case, a lot of it is Hollywood and Hollywood telling you what love looks like. Right. Right. And it's a Which little we all girl, know you know, it's not that. <laughs> yeah. And as a little girl, you know, you're always sold as BS of like, you know, there's this prince charming that's going to come and swoop you over your feet and you're going to feel all this feeling. You're going to know he's the one from the second yeah. you eyes. It's and, and it's bullshit. And it's, it all, and it's all validated through your peers because they believe the same thing. Right. You know? And, and they trust is built slowly that. over time. Trust yeah. is built like one boring coffee after one boring coffee after another boring coffee of not having shit thrown at you not being screamed at for forgetting the bread like yeah. trust is built over a long period of time 
And trust also takes into account our humanity and the fact that we're going to fuck up. And we're going to forget the bread and the coffee and everything else. But in a healthy relationship, you know that there's going to be grace. And there's going to be grace from both sides of like, you know what? You are at 60% today. Don't worry. I got you. Yes. You know? And it's cool because I know maybe in a month I'm going to be at 40%. And yep. I know you got me and I'm not going to have any kind of resentment over it because it's not a pattern, you know, once it becomes a pattern and the other person is just expecting all this stuff from you and for you to pick up the slack when they're being lazy as hell, right? then you're in a toxic relationship. But if it's not a pattern and there's moments where if it's depression or you had a bad day, but it's not a pattern, then I got you. And I'm there for you. And that, I think that's what a healthy relationship looks like, is that it's messy, but we both give grace to each other. Thank you for listening to They Might Be Toxic podcast. We truly appreciate your likes, subscribes, shares, and especially your time. We wish you safety, insight, and empowerment as you navigate your own healing path. They Might Be Toxic podcast airs every Sunday, at 8 a.m. Central. If you've enjoyed our content, please subscribe and look for our books on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold.